welcome to another episode of Hardly Thriving. I'm Alexiana. And I'm Brittiana. And today we have two extra crusty guests. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, we have special guests. Please introduce yourselves. Who are you? My name is Chris. And my name is Isaiah. Christiana and Zaytiana. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our studio. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. A little bit of background. Chris is my boyfriend of seven years. And then Isaiah. Isaiah is my husband of three years. Going on three years, yeah, next month. But we've been together for like seven years. Six, seven. Yeah, seven years. Wow, congratulations, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Today we're creating a space where we want these men to speak their minds without judgment. We're going to talk about their experiences as men in today's society. Um, We feel like in the past men have not been able to be vulnerable and therefore we've created a generation of men who are unavailable and emotionally frustrated. Today we want to start the combo here and try to break the cycle. So we really do appreciate you two being here and, um, you know, Working through these questions and answering them in your own words, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's do Ooh. it. Well, first off, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, doing good. Um, you know, worked all day, chilled after that, got some good food, so I'm feeling good. We all got the boo boo guts. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear some background noises, <laughs> it's our stomachs. <laughs> it's all the cream and the coffee we have. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Chris? How's your day going? I'm feeling good. I'm ready for vacation. Ooh, where are you going? We're going to Italy. Wow. And we leave with who? <laughs> with you. I'm just kidding. I know. Oh, we yeah. leave in, what, T-minus nine hours or less? Something like that. Wow. We leave at eight o'clock in the morning. And we're ready. Catching flights, not feeling. Hardly ready. <laughs> we're going to edit that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, please cut that (laughs) yeah but in all seriousness um let's start with just like talking about briefly like what type of childhood did you guys have yeah how did you grow up um so i grew up with a lot of family around me um single parent pretty much my mom raised me and my sister uh, my dad, not too much. Uh, he wasn't really around as much, but he would come around whenever he could. Um, and then, you know, we grew up at my grandma's house, so I've I've always had a whole bunch of family over there. Um, aunties, uncles, cousins. And so it was always pretty much like a full house. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun, growing up with family. Yeah. A lot of family around you. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you guys hear a dog in the background. <laughs> it's my fucking neighbors. <laughs> yeah, but Chris, what uh, about you? So I grew up um, pretty, pretty opposite of what Isaiah said. Um, my family's really, really small. Um, all of my cousins are really old. And so it's just basically me and my brother. And my dad was always working. So I was around with my mom pretty much all the time. Um, she actually quit her job when she was born and basically took care of us while my dad was at work. You mean when you were born? Oh, yeah. When <laughs> I was born. So um, basically, we gr- I grew up around my mother pretty much all the time. And so I feel really, really blessed to be able to have her. And so I I feel like that um, growing up around your mom is a lot different than your dad. So we'll get into that later. But 
Yeah, I think the commonality between you two is you you grew up majority of your time around your mom. And I think that kind of probably explains why you two grew up to be the type of men you are. Um, but yeah, like diving a little bit deeper, what was your family dynamic like? So you said that like you both grew up with your moms. Um, like what type of role did your mom play in your life? Uh, my mom was a huge role um, since my dad was always working. Um, he would always go from graveyard to swing shift to working in the mornings, uh, working all the way up in Everett or basically going um, all over the place to support us. So my mom was always there to take us to school, um, always pick us up, always have um, a home cooked meal ready for us. And then uh, when my dad would come home, we would try to really just sit down and enjoy things as a family. Um, and so I feel like that's where I got a lot of my upbringing is being around family and having a good environment and always, always just basically being there for each other because we're a really small family. So it's really important to, to have that now. Yeah. And that must have been nice, like having your mom at home and like having both of your parents. Oh, it is. I, f <clears throat> I feel really blessed. Um, it was, it, it's a huge difference when you have both, when it's, both of your parents, but not only to have your mom not work and be able to be there with you 24-7, it like, it really helped me a lot to become who I am today. So I appreciate my mom. Shout out to my mom. Nice. Nice. What about you, Zay Zay? Um, as far as uh, my family dynamic, so again, you know, my mom raised me and my sister as, you know, a single parent, but I've always had uh, family around to you know, help pick up the extra load instead of my dad. And yeah, I grew up in my grandma's house, like I was saying. So just like Chris, I've always had, you know, food on the table, uh, somebody taking care of me, which was like typically my grandma or my grandma's sister. Um, as far as, you know, growing up and uh, never really had any problems of not having my dad there just because it was so normal just to have my mom taking care of us or my grandma taking care of us or you know my uncles stepping in and teaching me discipline and and things like that so I would say that's pretty much like my family dynamic they were like the male figures in your life yeah they were huge male figures in my life if if I were to have like a a male that I wanted to point out as being a guy who taught me something probably it'd be my uncles mm. It sounds like a collaborative dynamic. Collaborative, yeah, definitely. Something like that. That's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, and like growing up with a single mom, like she has to take on kind of the responsibility as like the sole provider. She's the nurturer. She's like everything in one. I grew up with a single mom too, and I have so much respect for single moms mm -hmm. because it's like you have to do everything on top of that, like keep your sanity. And so, yeah, shout out to all the single moms yes. out there, single dads. Yeah. Sh single parents for sure. Yeah. I also grew up with a single mom. It was just my mom and my little brother and I, <clears throat> but we didn't really have like a lot of, I guess, family around us. It was just three of us all the time. So I always had like, there's always like one Mexican lady in the neighborhood or in the apartments that took care of like everyone's kids so I always had like different babysitters because it was just us we didn't have like the collaborative environment yeah so yeah 
Definitely. Shout out to single parents. Oh, yeah. They're always figuring out different ways to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it, to be honest. No. I mean, I'm 27 now, or 26, and I think my mom was my age with four kids, and, like, I just have myself, and I'm, like, falling apart. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, seriously, you know, it's it's crazy. You got to, you know... Give props to those parents that are doing it by themselves. And then they do a good job and they raise, you know, really great, you know, people. Yeah. So shout out to all the moms and dads out there. I know. (laughs) For real. I mean, I I think about it like I'm 26 and at my age, my mom had me and I was six years old. And when she came to this country with me, I was, I think I was like three. So I can't even imagine her like being 23 years old with a three-year-old and just moving to another country, not knowing the language, not knowing like what job she was going to have, but she just knew that she wanted me to have a good education and a good chance at having like a better life. So um, I guess going off of that, what do you guys think it means to be a man in today's society? Um, I think society still views, you know, like a male role as they did in the past, pretty much still being that person who is supposed to be the breadwinner or is still in power. I think we are definitely making some strides in, you know, making that not the main focus anymore. But I still believe that society's just not there yet. Mm-hmm. They still have, uh, you know, men pretty much being in focus the whole time and being seen as like on a pedestal versus like a woman. Yeah. Like very traditional still. I think so. I mean, we're like I said, we're making little strides here and there, but I don't think it's like But not as quick as we yet. should be. Yeah. It's definitely not equal yet. Yeah, I feel like I agree. Yeah, going what off uh going off of what Isaiah said, I think I think it's still as it is in the past, I still think people believe that the man should be in charge regardless of the situation. And I feel like people need to adapt to the times and say that, hey, like the man is not always gonna be in charge. Sometimes there's gonna be your wife or your girlfriend that is gonna be right or is gonna have a better way of doing something. And I feel like the men need to be open to that idea of understanding a different point of view because I feel like sometimes as a man in today's society we're supposed to be the big macho guy the guy in charge the breadwinner does everything and then the female just stays at home and cooks cleans and that's pretty much it and takes care of the kids but that's not the case nowadays like times have changed the the point of views have changed from both the male and the female and so um, as far as masculinity, I think we kind of need to to stay away from that and not use that word anymore because, you know, society's changing and it's it's going where both the female and male should be on the same level and it shouldn't be a quote-unquote, oh, the guy should only be masculine and the male should just be, or the females, I'm sorry, the female should just be below that and that's it. Yeah, and I think Mm -hmm. even, like, things like nowadays more and more women are making more than men, you know, in some some cases. And there's been times where, like, Isaiah's 
made more money than I or sometimes I make more money than him. But I appreciate the fact that he just like he doesn't mind that instead he's happy. Yeah. For me or he like it's just like I mean that's a win for both of us, you know? Like I think even little things like that for sure. Yeah, I mean even at the end of the day, I don't think that has changed the dynamic between me and you. Mhm. Um just because you make more, I don't feel like um not doing my job as a man. And then just and then at times, like you said, where I've made more, I don't feel like, okay, I'm more empowered now just because yeah. I'm making more than yeah. you. And this is how things are, should be going. This is how sh- this is perfect right now. Right. Because at the end of the day, it benefits the both of us. As a team. yeah. As a team. Yeah. I, th- I think people need to take a look at the relationships they have in their life. And just like with, you know, using me and Chris as an example, we're equal partners in our relationship and we're equals. Like sometimes I am, you know, more in charge and I make more decisions and I'm, I'm, I would say our relationship, we don't follow traditional gender roles, but it works for us. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to find what works for them. And it's okay if you're not, um, you know, the ideal version of, a masculine man or a really feminine female. Um, I think times are changing and Mm -hmm. people just need to be themselves. Yeah. And going off of that, like a big example of an issue that we have today is like when you go out to eat, who is supposed to pay for the meal? Like it's always supposed to be quote unquote the man. But what if your woman or your wife wants to pay? Is that something wrong that, a woman's paying for your meal like i don't think it's a big deal like if you mm. if you guys are in a in a relationship and you guys take turns paying for things then that's fine mm-hmm. because you guys agree on that yeah but for someone to say that the man always has to pay for everything or you know or um tell the woman no she can't do that then that's not right like people need to be open about it and and really understand that you know sometimes uh, your lady or your wife or your girlfriend is going to have uh, a better way of doing something or if they want to pay for something go ahead and let them pay like it's not it's not degrading for someone to pay for you yeah I think we as a society need to stop assuming making assumptions about um you know different genders like because Chris is a man he needs to be strong he needs to be vocal and he needs to be macho and he needs to pay for me every time we go out to eat that's not fair for Mm -hmm. me to make those assumptions because he's a man and I think we need to stop doing that and and I see people still doing it even with their kids oh don't cry honey boys don't cry Mm -hmm. you know and it's like yeah everybody cries we're Mm -hmm. humans we're emotional creatures like it's normal. And I think we need to allow men to be more emotional and just, I don't know. Like be comfortable to, with the emotions. Yeah, just yeah, being comfortable. With it. I mean, that's why we have so many men that have issues or like, you know, feel like they can't express, express themselves other than through violence, you yeah. know, because they've kept that in. Like, I always hear that shit. Like when guys cry, it's like, don't be a little bitch or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, there is nothing wrong with them crying. And I think even like, the whole paying thing example that Chris brought up, like, I mean, sometimes I'm like, hey, I just got paid. Like, I, I'll i pay. Or, like, we do 50-50. Or, like, you know, it just switches off and it works for us. Like, Alexa said, sometimes traditional roles don't work. Like, I mean, Isaiah's better at laundry than I am, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you use each other's strong suits? Like, 
Sometimes I'm better at making decisions. So we use that strength of mine to Mm -hmm. do things or like Isaiah's really good with like finances or something. So he budgets for us, you know, like it's not roles. It's more like what are each other's strong suits? Yeah, definitely. Because it's a partnership. I mean, don't you do that in a business? You Mm -hmm. use each other's strengths. Like why wouldn't you do that in a relationship? For sure. So I guess like, you know, with your guys's upbringing and family dynamic, like, or even now with our relationship, like, what does it mean to you guys to be a man? Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is kind of a hard question because there's going to be a lot of people that will disagree um, with what we're trying to say, but I just feel like being a man today is just being there for your partner and not worrying about what anybody else thinks of your relationship, regardless of where you're at in life or anything like that. Um, Being a man is also being strong and taking care of whoever you're with, um, taking care of your family. And it's just about being very, very open-minded to new situations and not judging anything before you get to know something. and just being very, very loving. Like, I feel like a lot of men have this, like, tough guy personality. And they're afraid to show emotions and love to people because they have to keep up, like, oh, I don't show emotions. I don't cry or, all you know, all that BS. But right. I feel like it's really, really important to open up to your partner and, you know, spread spread what you have to say. Don't don't be afraid to say something. If you, if you really deep down... If you feel you need to say something, say it, you know, and and hopefully they'll understand and you guys can work through it together. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with everything you just said. Um, Pretty much going to say the same thing, but, you know, just to add on a little bit, some pieces, um, you know, I definitely feel like as a man, you should take care of your business, right? I still think, you know, being a man of your word um is huge um and that goes even if you're a woman right you can do the same thing just be uh, honorable um and like chris was saying also you know don't be afraid to show your emotions it's totally okay if you do and i mean doing what people would think as like feminine things like for example Brittany saying that sometimes you know maybe i even do the laundry better like some people would think that is only a girl's or a female's trait. Yeah. But, you know, that's totally okay for you to do the dishes or cook food or do the laundry, make the bed or clean up around the house. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that just your partner needs to do it or, you know, a female needs to do it. Take care of yourself and take care of the people that are, are around you. And I think that's more so, you know, be respectable. Mm-hmm. I think it's huge. Yeah. hundred percent, man. For both. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, kind of bouncing off of that, you hear so often, like, I like when me and Chris first started dating, there'd be people that would be like, Oh, come on, man. You need to man up because Chris wouldn't want to drink beer with them. Or maybe, um, I don't know, just things that he wouldn't want to do. And so he'd get those comments like, you need to man up. Um, Like, what's up? And call him, like, 
I don't know, like, oh, you're girly or just say things like that about him because he was really clean, really clean cut. He was organized. Um, and he didn't, he wasn't like that typical kind of macho guy. And I feel like we need to stop being like that Mm -hmm. to each other. Even with like, I have two younger nephews. I'm always complimenting them on, um, on things that are like not physical. So I'll be like, you guys are so emotionally strong. You know that you're bold, you're Mm -hmm. smart. They need to hear those things other than, oh, you're going to grow big and strong like a guy and you're this and you're that. Like we need to, um, we just need to show like men that it's okay to, to be a certain way and just like love. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and this might help you know, other men be themselves too. It might be like insecurities, you know, maybe they, I don't know, you know, maybe they want to be clean, but, and clean cut, but they don't want to look quote unquote like gay or something like that, which would be what a hyper masculine person might Mm -hmm. even say, uh, just because you're clean cut or, you know, you dress a certain way. Just because you wash your ass. It's like, oh my gosh, I cut my nails and I like to get a fresh haircut every week and a half and I brush my teeth. And I don't smell like ass. <laughs> wow. Right. Like that might be some insecurities and they just don't want to step into that into that position because they feel like somebody else might then call them like, oh, you're a bitch or something like that. Yeah. Men aren't allowed to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. which right. is just crazy to me. And like Brittany said, that's why we have so many emotionally frustrated men that are acting out through violence. I mean, you see in the news how men talk about women, how media portrays women. Um, It's everywhere. Yeah. There's just so much violence against women. Like, even day-to-day conversations that you might not realize. Like, you guys just having, like, guy conversation. Like, some of these conversations are actually violent. And you don't think of it that way because you're just so used to hearing these things. And it's, like, almost because it's so normalized to see it, like, everywhere, like, media, the world, like, even, like, ads, you know? Like, most of the time it's, like, a woman being really sexual and, like, a very hyper-masculine man in, like, a suit or something looking like James Bond. Yes. And so it's normal when it comes to, like, domestic violence and then people start asking, well, what was she doing? Was she being crazy at him? That's probably why she got her ass beat, you know? Trying to Mm -hmm. justify it. Mm -hmm. Or just, like, you look at all the Disney movies and it's always, like, the characters are so sexualized and, like, they'll have cleavage and like a really small mm-hmm. waist and it's always like a damsel in distress and the men's coming or the, I'm sorry, the man is coming to save her. Yeah. And it's just always portrayed women as like weak men need to be strong and they need to save the woman, the, the, the wom- yeah. woman <laughs> can't yeah. say it. But yeah, I guess that kind of goes into our next question. So, um, you know, we talked about your background and some of like your experiences. How has your perception of women changed um, now that you guys are adults? Um, you know, I, I think that it's just gotten more matured um, as I've gotten older. I mean, I've never not wanted to do my best to respect women. You know, that's based off of me having a mother and, you know, having a sister and and being raised around just women energies you know, feminine energies the whole time. And so I've always wanted to do my best to respect women. So, I mean, I'm not perfect, right? I've made some mistakes. I probably did some things back in the day when I was younger that were just immature, just didn't think before I did it. 
and I still do um, nowadays, but I try my best to, you know, to, to not. To correct it. To correct it. But at least, like, you hold yourself accountable Mm -hmm. and you've learned from it. That's something that I think a lot of men um, need to start doing is, like, take ownership. Like, yeah, I have, you know, objectified women in the past or, you know, um, been even, like, verbally Mm -hmm. abusive to women. And it's, like, how can we take ownership of that and, like, learn from it and change it, you know? Yeah, I mean, Brittany has probably called me out on countless things before and... I'll sit there and think about it and just say, you know, reflect on it and say sorry because it definitely was probably wrong. I mean, not probably, it definitely was wrong. Um, so I think, you know, taking that time to, when somebody does call you out on it, just to sit there, think about it, reflect and see why that was, under, try to understand why that was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's the first step, right? Like being aware, like more aware of yourself and being open to learning, like Chris said, just being open to learning new things because you're that's how you learn, you know? Like you make mistakes, but like Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I know we both appreciate you guys just being open to learning and re-educating yourselves. Yes. And also just like a message to everyone out there. If you're ever in a situation where you hear something that shouldn't be said, Feel empowered to speak up and call someone out on it. Mm-hmm. People need to be um, aware of their actions and what they're saying and doing. And that's the only way like we can ha- like help other people change. I mean, it isn't our job to help them change. But if we're seeing something or witnessing something like that in action, like we need to say, like, say something. Stop yeah. it. I mean, I always tell Isaiah, like, as a man, like, if you really call yourself a feminist and you want to be an ally, like use your platform as a man like whether it be around your family or your friends like when you hear this kind of talk of maybe like your male friends saying something like really sexist or fucked up against women and you being like hey like that's not cool you know like you using your platform as a man to you know be an ally yeah i mean and just seeing this chain reaction yeah britney teaching isaiah now isaiah's teaching his friends and his friends may be teaching their friends Mm -hmm. and this becoming something that we all just kind of do, and you can see how fast things can change, but we need to be that first move, you know? Became an yeah. epidemic. I mean, it's, plant, it's <laughs> no, called, you know, like, it's planting seeds. Like, yeah. that's what we always call yeah. it. You're planting seeds. I'm telling you, man, millennials going to change the world. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a baby boomer. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> okay, sorry we interrupted. Yeah, okay, Go Chris, ahead, Chris. You. <laughs> How has your perception of women changed now that um, now that you're an adult? You're a grown man now. <laughs> um, as I'm growing older, I just uh, feel like, you know, my perception has changed a lot um, as far as respecting, uh, respecting women a lot more. Um, going back to what Isaiah said, like, when I was in a group of friends, like, you know, someone would say something, you know, rude to a female and then we'd all play off of that and start joking around. But back then, like in high school and middle school, we didn't know better. Um, but as far as now, like in this day and age, like it's it's wrong to, to do those things. And I feel like I've really matured from it. And now um, I, you know, have to basically always 
That's a hard question. I can't really. Yeah, I mean, we're always we're always learning too. Mm -hmm. I mean, even for me as an ally to certain groups, like, um, you know, I'm an ally to like the LGBTQA group. I've learned things that like maybe I said and did in my past. I would introduce one of my good friends as like, "This is my gay best friend," Mm -hmm. and now, like, why would what would him being gay have to do with? Them being your friend. Exactly. So for me, that was a teaching moment. And I'm going to continue to have those moments um, as, like, I'm an ally to other groups, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we're all just going to continue to learn. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're learning as we go. Yeah, I mean, you're always learning. And it's just, like, starting to just be more aware of things. And, like, you know, like Chris said, sometimes you don't know any better but like I said when you know better you do better and sometimes Mm -hmm. it is hard you know to like call out people around you with what they say I mean it can be scary sometimes and sometimes you just have to be brave you know and I mean I realize that it can be tough but like I mean would you really want someone around you talking like that about some of your loved ones you know like and that shouldn't be the excuse for you to respect women you know sometimes I don't like when, like, men say, like, well, I have a daughter now, or, like, I have a mom, I have a sister, and, like, I get it, and I'm sure they were really influential on you, you know, and, like, you respect them a lot. But why did it take but up until still then? they're human. Yeah. yeah, they're still human, and you should respect women because you should respect them, period, you know? You should respect people. You should respect everyone. Yeah, no, I think definitely, like, in a perfect world, yes. Yeah. But if that's what it takes for somebody to learn, then, you know, at least they learned. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. Is better now than, you know, better now than never. Like, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes it's just frustrating when yeah, you hear that. I'm for like, sure. like, no, the fuck? like, I'm no not more. gonna, like, I don't respect, like, hey, Isaiah, I respect you as a man because I have a brother. Like, no, because, right. like, Chris said, like, I was raised to respect everyone. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. I respect you because you're a human. Like, you know, we should, yeah. We should really respect all, everyone. And I, I just feel like, at least today in society, women are less respected than anyone um, mm-hmm. just because we're viewed as, like, less than um, we're compared objects. to men. Yeah. We're still yeah. In the, still acting as the traditional gender roles, for sure. Yeah, And yeah. to even add an intersectional layer to that, like Malcolm X said, like, the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman, you know? And I feel like all the world, like... If you add that on top of that, you know, like women of color and especially black women, like even more disrespected, you know, than like, I mean, to be real white women, you know, sometimes white women's tears are violent, you know, like them crying about something like it's led to countless deaths, you know, deaths on people that were innocent. So, I mean, there's like intersectional layers to like all of these things for sure. Yeah, I think on the spectrum of like women... I think for sure um, women of color face a totally different level of Mm -hmm. um, issues and discrimination and we're a lot more um, sexualized than white women. Yeah. And I mean, you just look at in the workplace, like we work at a um, fashion retailer um, in corporate culture and, you know, it's a lot of uh, white women Mm -hmm. and um, they hold a lot of, you know, positions of uh, leadership or you just look other places. It's a lot of you know, white men, but who's the next in line? Usually it's like white women or, um, you know, so I think. Yeah. Yeah, Or like sometimes I see in some relationships where like men will only take like women seriously. Like once 
they have like a white woman like they might be like oh well you know I just wanted to fuck around or whatever so they would be with like a woman of color you know but then once they were serious or like they wanted to show that now they're successful I'm looking for a white a white woman a white yeah. it'd be a white woman and it's like a symbol of success or something to be with a white woman even vice versa right I think sometimes women of color feel that same way too Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe not every single one. Mm -hmm. I mean, same with guys too, I guess. But, you know, some women feel the same way. I mean, and to be honest, and another, like, that's a good point. But sometimes I also think that, like, as a woman of color myself, like, sometimes men of color can be exhausting, you know? And, like, Isaiah and I have had this conversation before where, like, I feel like, I mean, from my experiences and, like, being raised in a Latinx culture, like, the men were so coddled. And the women are expected to just, like, serve or, like, be very domestic. Um, or you even see it in social justice issues. Like, we, you know, women of color historically have always shown up for men of color. You know, we always show up for their rights. We always, like, most of the time it's women running these functions, you know. But who gets the credit? A lot of the time it's the men. Or, like, you don't really see men show up for women's issues like I don't really see like in like feminist parades and stuff like it's not really a lot of men but you go to like a black lives matter or like a latinx issue kind of thing like you best believe there's women of color there so I think sometimes like I get it yeah like definitely vice versa that can happen but sometimes I think like women of color sometimes are just so tired of dealing with men of color shit like they can be exhausting sometimes but no, yeah, that that's true. Like, it could be vice versa, too. Yeah, because, like, growing up for me, I always remember saying, oh, I want to make sure I marry a white man because I know, um, like, I'll be taken care of. And now mm -hmm. that I, I think about that, I'm like, why why would I say that? Yeah. For me, that I'm looking at it like that's a symbol of success. Like, I can't be with a man of color because that means I'm going to, um, I don't know, not have a a good life or something. A luxurious life yeah. or something. So for me, it wasn't fair to be like, oh, I want a white man because I know he's going to be this, this, and this. And then mm -hmm. I'm instantly putting him over men of color. Mm -hmm. I want to get a loan approved. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I want someone to buy me a house and it's not going to happen. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, like that's a serious thing. And I, I would grew up around a lot of girls who would say the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to marry a white guy. Like I want to have white kids. Because mm -hmm. I know it'll be a better life for my family. Yeah. I'm like, that's not fair for me to say that. You know? Yeah. Or in communities of color where, like, even, like, the they fetishize having, like, light-skinned children. Yeah. You know? Like, I want my children to be light-skinned. Like, in the Latinx community, like, if you were born lights in light skin or, like, colored eyes, like, blonde hair, beautiful. you were beautiful. Yes. You know? And I think in almost every culture. Yeah, you know, because it's so westernized, like Western ideals of beauty, right? And it just sucks. Like, a lot of people just want to have kids with white people because they just want their children to look white. Or they see that as beautiful because mm -hmm. that's what's portrayed in media or, like, that's how they grew up to see beauty, like, only white babies. And it's really sad. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So, like, segueing into another question, what do you think about women gaining um, more positions of power? So, compared to, like, 40 years ago, now you're seeing more women in CEO CEO roles, um, 
more women um, as like political figures. Um, you know, what what do you guys think about that? I love it, man. I I <laughs> love I love to see when you know it's it's a switch up of power, and I think people are afraid of it. People are worried that it's going to happen, but there's nothing you can do about it. And in the workplace, you always want to hire somebody that's going to be smarter than you if you're like running a business because sometimes they're going to know how to do something better than you are. And if it happens to be a woman, then tough luck. Like you want her on our team. Like you want her to be there tough for you. Luck. To, tough luck. Tough luck. What is that supposed to mean? Like I just, I, I just feel like people like when when a woman is above them in the workplace, they get they get butthurt. They get yeah. like that's they don't true. they don't like it. So it's like you're gonna have to suck it up and and learn to adapt to a new situation. And maybe maybe you can learn something from from that person. Maybe you can mm-hmm. gain gain some knowledge and maybe work together and build upon that and help your help your company or help your workplace thrive. And a a lot of other people have different opinions, but sometimes when you hear it from a female's perspective, it's it's always good because sometimes they see it as a different way. Sometimes men in the workplace see it one way and it's only about making money. And maybe sometimes uh, a woman would see it a different way, maybe reaching out to the customers or seeing their needs. And so I think it's just a, it's a really good thing to see a woman progress in the workplace. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a statistic, like, I don't know it exactly, but I think by the year 2040 or 2050, mm-hmm. like, the majority of the workforce is going to be women of color. So, like, Chris said, yeah, I mean, you have to adapt. Like, adapt. The world is changing, you know, and like, it's going to leave you behind mm-hmm. if you don't, like, fix your shit and start thinking differently. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Isaiah? Um, no, I definitely agree with everything he just said. I was probably going to say the exact same thing. You know, open up your mind a little bit. Stop being so close-minded. Um, I, I I think it's dope um, that women, uh, you know, that women are in more positions of power. It's definitely going to open up um, the limits of where, you know, things are going. I feel like when you see a woman of power in the workplace, though, people are like, she's bitchy or she's, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's like, if it's a woman of color, oh, she's got an attitude. Mm -hmm. She's feisty. She's this. She's She's that. But if a man is acting that way, he's like bold and he's strong and he's um, a great leader. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just I'm hoping as we see more women in these roles that we kind of we do become more open-minded and okay, th- this woman is doing this, the same things or the same type of traits that this man has, but why are, why are we viewing it differently? Yeah. Yeah. And no, for sure. I, I, I think it's more about, you know, individuals. Um, cause you know, just cause she's a girl doesn't mean she can't, you know, read as quick as you or perform at their job. <laughs> I don't know. Or, you know, just perform at the job better than you just cuz she's just cuz she's a girl. Um I think the best person um for, you know, the best candidate for whatever position it is um needs to be qualified for their individual um strengths, you know, not based off of 
oh, he's a guy, so he's probably going to be able to handle this job a little bit better than she will. She might be too emotional yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a real thing. You know, how mm-hmm. Isaiah's like, she might not read as quick. She might not be a good problem solver. And while some of you listening might be like, I I don't think that really happens or I've never heard that. That for sure happens every day mm-hmm. where a woman is, um, uh, she's just. It's just part of sometimes unconscious bias, right? Yeah. Because you just are raised to think that way. You're wired that way. And even if you think you're not doing it because of that, like subconsciously, that's what you're doing. Or, like, you'll start thinking, like, oh, what if she got kids? Like, she got to go on maternity leave. Like, I ain't trying to hire her or deal with her kids, you know? And these are really, like, real situations. Like, what about the man? Doesn't he have to worry about his kids? Like, so he just doesn't give a fuck about his kids? It's, yeah. It definitely happens all the time, to Alexis's point. For sure. And, I mean, I guess, like, piggybacking off of, like, fairness, um, do you guys think that women are fairly portrayed in media? Um, no, I don't think so. Like you guys were saying earlier in uh, media or in movies, right? Women are always in some type of like objectified role or just sex symbols in the movie. And then, you know, the male is the person who is the savior, that damsel in distress, like Mm -hmm. Alexis was saying. Um, or also not even in lead roles most of the time. They're in sub roles. They're the person. They're like supporting, uh, supporting roles to the man who's like that main, like the lead. cool guy, or you know the main person. Yeah, the lead. So I don't think that they're fairly portrayed. Yeah, going off of what Isaiah said, like. It's just crazy how much the media will influence a guy's way of thinking about a woman. Like when you when you open up a magazine, when you turn on the commercials for TVs, for especially the biggest one for me is the cologne commercials. Like oh, yeah. those things are mm-hmm. like so over the top. The dudes are pretty much naked. The women are always like Crawling. just yeah, just going crazy, like all in sexual positions, and it's just like. You know what type of cologne commercials <laughs> you watch? I mean, they are like really like, over no, like, yeah. yeah. For the next time, just for all those listeners out there, just search up cologne commercials and just watch them. Like, what is what does this cologne have to do with a woman sitting on a beach or, uh, or sitting in a bikini or a man swimming or like driving a car? Like, what does that have to do with the way it smells or anything like that? Like the media just twists and turns everything, where it's basically comes down to the woman being sexualized yeah. and like it, that's yeah. all it's about it's about selling the product promoting it and making you know people want to want to watch it or buy it because of the the female that's on the ad or the campaign or anything like that like not everybody's going to be like that that's not how a woman should be seen in in the media like everybody's different and you should you know be basing your thoughts and opinions on actually meeting the person or yeah. you know not mm-hmm. not judging it just based on a picture or saying that's how I should be that's how I should look that reminds me of those axe commercials they used to have all oh the time God, yeah. where it'd be like the girls are crawling on the guy or like chasing him and and so for a while you've seen 
axe flying off the shelves because all these teenage boys were buying it and they're like, oh yeah, girls are going to flock to me. Oh, they're going to love the way I smell. Like it's a magnet for them. It's so stupid. And you think about it like, oh, these are silly messages, but you have little boys watching this, Mm -hmm. watching these romantic comedies where women are just um, like sexualized and they're going to start treating women the same way and their perception of women is going to be what they're seeing through media. Mm -hmm. You know what that reminds me of? Like, I guess this is like more entertainment business, but I mean, it's still media. Like when future futures lyrics, like I just fucked your bitch and some Gucci flip flops, like everybody started getting Gucci flip flops. Mm -hmm. And what was their caption? I'm fucking your bitch and Gucci flip flops. You know what I'm saying? Like that's violent. If you think about it, like you're going to go and like have sex with another woman, like another woman, like someone's partner in like these things right and and the fact it worked like it worked so many people really wanted gucci flip-flops because of this so it's like uh it's ridiculous yeah i mean rap music is huge and you know not i not all rappers do this but you know i would say it's pretty popular and you know rap hip-hop even pop songs where they're talking about women in you know like bounce that ass bitch like calling women bitches and hoes mm-hmm. and and it's just like all these derogatory terms and and like forceful actions that if you were to say these out loud in person you're like hold on I would never at least for me like I would never say this to someone else but young men and young boys are listening to this and they're like it's okay for me to talk to women like this like mm-hmm. and like Lex said like I mean it's not just the only genre that this happens in like I feel like I hear it in like all genres all the time but I feel like that's the most popular one that people like revert to like hip-hop and r&b or you know that kind of stuff but I guess like speaking on entertainment like do you guys think there's enough women in the entertainment business um not no I don't think there's enough women in the entertainment business um there it would definitely help out if there was more uh or you know even if there is maybe I just don't know and they're just not getting those those lead roles are like those high positions, mm-hmm. um, you know, just based off of a man can do it better. Or like, for example, in hip hop, you know, it's it's mainly all just men. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you have the standout women that are really that are really good. But, you know, I guess you got to be really good in order to stand out if you're a woman. Because there's some really terrible male rappers out there, but they get their limelight. It's like women have to like prove themselves extra yeah. to be welcomed in the hip hop community. Like yeah. an overly, like a just over like character, like it's a character. Like they mm-hmm. have to put on a like an overly dramatic persona yeah. to be seen. I think in the limelight and like even in Hollywood, there's a lack of like women writers, women directors, women producers. Mm-hmm. And you look at like ninety percent of movies in Hollywood, they're all directed and produced by men not only just men but white men Mm -hmm. and even if like when there are women writers or producers or directors they're white women you know like much less women of color but I mean touching on like the hip-hop aspect that makes me think of like I feel like when there's women like for example again in hip-hop like it's like they have to not like each other like you know the whole Nicki and Cardi beef like Mm -hmm. I was like why and it's like everyone was egging them on but like I don't see that with like 
male hip-hop artists like yeah sometimes they'll do diss tracks or whatever but like no one like eggs them on to like truly hate each other or whatever you know like it's like more like oh okay like I respect it like that was a better diss track and they move on but it's like they egg on women to not like each other it's like there can only be one woman one woman in the hip-hop game because they'll be like oh mm-hmm. who's the queen of hip-hop or who's the queen of rap yeah are you okay with so-and-so stealing your crown like why can't there be mm-hmm. multiple and why can't they all shine together yeah you know I definitely do see that rivalry is like egged on between women yeah, all the time. Yeah. But I really like, like, you know, like, Kehlani and, like, Saweetie and Janae and stuff. Like, they're all, like, friends. And I hope that they're going to change the culture a little bit. Because that was refreshing lately to see that, like... And, like, Megan the Stallion, like, all of them just getting along, like... I think it is like definitely... Like, male rappers, yeah. And I, I think it is um, changing the culture. You know, with, uh, with the guys... I mean, I, I definitely still see people, like, egging the, those fights on. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why Nikki and Cardi's, you know, someone like them too are um, getting more attention is because there's there's less, there's not as much women there, right? There's so many male artists that when two people are beefing, there's there's other people that yeah. they can listen to or um, there's another guy dropping a new song, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, there's not that much women uh, or female, you know, music coming out, so... That's the main story when it comes to girl rappers. Mm -hmm. But I definitely do think that it is changing just based off of more and more women coming into the limelight and finally getting their attention to Mm -hmm. where now when two people are beefing, I mean, hey, Janae just dropped something or Sweetie just dropped something. And then they can focus on that. Yeah. But it's also, like, the language that's used. You know, like, Alexa said, like, oh, who's the queen of rap now? Yeah, like, for sure. Are you, do you feel bad that someone took your crown? Like, no one asks that to, like, male rappers, you know? like oh, Who's so, the king of rap? Like, no one does that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's annoying, but... They're like, oh, they're working on an album together. There's always these collab with, like, mm-hmm. men artists. And you don't really... Well, I feel like we're starting to see it more with women, mm-hmm. but it was always like a rival, a rivalry, like mm-hmm. diss tracks back and forth. Yeah. And yeah, just ugh. Yeah, and I mean, not even with that, but also like in everyday life, I feel like men always like egging on like girl rivalries, or they think it's like entertaining to see women fight or like girl fights and stuff. Like you'll see men laughing and stuff, but I mean, if that's your guy friend fighting or whatever, like y'all are like, oh no, nah, man, like whatever, like. You know, but... Uh. Yeah, that makes me think, like, how many movies there are where it's, like, women being mean to each other. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see that with men. Like, the movie Mean Girls. Yeah. It's, like, a group of girls that are mean to each other and mean to other people mm-hmm. at the school, mainly women. And you wouldn't see a movie like that about men. Yeah. Or, like, being threatened because someone's, like, quote-unquote better looking than you. It's, like why is everything a competition? Like, why can't you just like empower each other and love each other? Like, yeah, she's hella bomb too. It doesn't make you any less bomb. Like it it doesn't hurt you in any way to like uplift each other as women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what have you guys learned? Um, like what have you guys learned about yourselves since you've been in, you know, relationships, long-term like relationships with, with us, obviously women. So what have you guys like learned about yourself? Being in a relationship for almost seven years, like, it's all about communication and trust and really 
understanding what each other wants um, and just learning to grow together. Like obviously there's going to be hardships, there's going to be ups and downs, but that's essentially what makes your relationship stronger. And I feel like if you can learn from your your arguments or your downfalls and you can grow from there, then that's that's how I see um, your relationship being really, really successful. Yeah, I mean, and just speaking, because we've been together, um, <laughs> like seeing the man that Chris has evolved into, um, you know, it really, it makes me like excited to like be around my two nephews and have them be around an influence like Chris because he is so respectful and he is very open-minded. Um, and he, he, again, he's not like the traditional like man man role that you would see. Mm -hmm. And I think he's really challenging kind of what the normal is. And I like that. And I like for, you know, my, my younger nephews, two boys to be able to see that, that it's okay to be different than what like society claims, like a man should be like, like macho. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I break cans on my head. (laughs) Like, you know, you just hear it all the time, and I still do. Like, (laughs) let's watch, like, no, I don't want to say football, but like, just the things. You'll you'll just hear the things, like, let's go do man things together. (laughs) Man, I don't know. I don't know, whatever you guys. Yeah, (laughs) brah. Let's yeah. slam each other's stomach. I don't know. Y'all want us to be like, hey, yo, Casey, you trying to go to the bathroom with me? Yeah. I yeah, gotta go poop, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I've just, it's it's been an honor to to get to know a, a different version of life. I don't know, you're not doing that, yeah. Isaiah, what about you? <laughs> I mean, honestly... Everything Chris just said, I don't know if I could say it any better. Just bringing up those points again, just um, being open, communication, um, caring, loving. I mean, these are all things that are key in a relation, in a long term relationship, or you know, just in a relationship in general. Whether it's your mm-hmm. friend, I mean, you should yeah. you should care for them. You should, um, you know hear what they have to say or, you know, love them too. Um, learned about my, something that I've learned about myself being in a long-term relationship. Um, I don't know if it's anything specific, but definitely just developing those key points um, even more, I think would be the main things that I've learned, I guess, just developing them. Yeah, and I think Isaiah's like really good like with he's super patient and he's super like open to learning. He's like a little sponge. So like if I call him, I like he's mentioned before, like if I call him out on things, like he really will take it in. Like he'll take it in and like, he'll randomly tell me hours later, like, Hey, you know, like I just want to apologize for what I said. Like I really thought about it and it is fucked up. And you know, like I'm going to try to like be more aware of that, you know, like instead of some, like it's popular for men to be like, man, these bitches be nagging. Yes, <laughs> blah blah. We need blah. to. Oh, when I hear that, I get pissed. Oh, that's so annoying. I'm like, y'all think y'all are not annoying? <laughs> uh, I, think I mean, I think it's a, that that masculinity, right? They don't want to lose the fight. They don't want to mm-hmm. lose the battle. Right. You know, they always want to win. Yeah. Or you know, 
they, they hate to see the woman win. Yeah. And I think that's where it stems from, you know? Toxic masculinity. That male ego. Ego, yes. yeah. I mean, women can have the same type of... I mean, masculinity is not just for men. You know, that's for women, too. And same for fem- femininity. Yeah, I'm masculine that's for, as fuck. <laughs> that's, for, that's for men and women. I'd be lifting 600 pounds. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like... I bench, I bench. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, I've done things where, like... Yeah, sometimes I can be more masculine than feminine, and like that's okay because I'm being me, you know. Lack for a better word, like it's called masculine when you do this, it's called feminine when you do this. What is like, why do we have to describe it that way? Like, if I want to rub my belly button, it doesn't make me a man. (laughs) If I want to bench Chris, (laughs) let me do it, okay? No, but I mean, one big call out that I really like that Chris does is when he is, like, talking to someone else and he's describing the women in his life, the, like, words and the way he describes them. Like, even when he's talking about me to someone else, it's, like, he uses such, like, like powerful words. Like, mm-hmm. he'll be, like, she's really strong. She gives 100%. And, like, just the way he describes me. And I think more men need to uplift and empower yeah. the women that they're with or their their friends, their, you know your mom, your sisters, mm-hmm. um, you don't hear a lot of men doing that because it's like out of, it's out of like that. Um, men don't do that. They don't share like, they don't, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Or like you, like you said, descriptions, like feelings, so, right? Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes they start descriptions like with physical, right? Exactly. Like, oh, my girl's hella fine. She got fat ass. And I'm like, that's dope. I mean, she could have a yeah. fat ass. That's great. But like, why does it always have to start with that? You know, like instead of like using words like that, you yeah. know, like I don't describe Isaiah like that. Like, you know, he got, <laughs> he got fat ass. <laughs> or like, even when I talk about Chris, I'm not going to be like, yeah, he's short. He's got short hair. He's got no. great titties. No. Like, no, the first things I'll say is he's so kind. He's so yeah. patient. Like the words Brittany used to describe Isaiah, like we need to dive a little deeper and just mm-hmm. stop looking at the outer people and like, yeah, I think you should be complimenting your partner or your spouse like on their just like. I don't know how to... Yeah, and I mean, it's even more powerful, like you said, like when men empower, you know, women, like the women in their life or any, you know, woman, it could be a woman you work with. Like, I think that's really powerful in itself and that is an, also a way to be an ally to women. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I mean, since you guys are like, like, I guess another layer to that is like, you guys are with women of color, you know, like Lex and I are women of color, like... Have you guys in the relationship in all of these years ever noticed us being treated differently because of our color? Oh, yeah. 100% on that one. Mm. Um, (laughs) Thank you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just, it's just like when we go, like, for example, if we go into a grocery store, we go into a mall or to a store and like I'm carrying a backpack or I have a big coat on or something like that. And Alexis is there and she has the same stuff on me like and she goes her separate way for some odd reason security or secret shopper or somebody will always will always follow her and I feel bad but it's it's just because of the color of her skin and you know that's that's just how people see it and as soon as you see someone with a hood or 
see someone with a backpack or just walking around with more bags like it sucks but that's just that's just the way people see things now and it's it's hard to fix that but especially like or if we go if we go to a restaurant or something like that maybe we'll we won't get as good service because because Alexis is with me um and they see her as a person of color so maybe they're not going to tip as well or anything like that. So like, it's just, it's tough. Yeah, like I'm immediately <laughs> undervalued in certain situations where we'll be in public and they'll only be talking to Chris, looking Chris in his eyes mm-hmm. and they hand him the check and they're giving him great service. Oh, and yes. it's almost like I'm not even yeah. acknowledged that I'm there. And Chris is, he's half white and he's half Chinese. Um, and so sometimes I feel like you his like Chinese side can be kind of like an invisible identity. Mm-hmm. So he can look like he's just white. Dude, and, yeah. White yeah. So he's, he's always, you know, dressing really nicely and he's always really polite. And so when we go places, he automatically gets really great service. But in the beginning of our relationship, he kind of was like, I don't understand why they're treating you differently. And I think for him, it was a, a huge like learning, you know, moment to be like, yeah, people are still treated like this today. You're still, you know, judged a little differently, and some people do discriminate based on the color of mm-hmm. your skin. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, growing up, I've always been around people of color, whether it was men or women, um, in public, right? So just walking around, and I, I would notice these same type of things. Um, it and it's still happening. So you know, like Chris was saying, I mean, even when I'm with Brittany, um, you know, at a place that I was even working at. Uh, she just came to visit me and she also came to go look around um, at, you know, the clothes. And I would, I recognize who security is in the building because I see them every single day. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm seeing them, you know, on the other side of the room watching where she's going and stuff. So that was like, I mean, it's, it's something that I've seen before. Obviously with people of color, they, they go through that all the time, wherever they go in any type of retail store. But, you know, also to piggyback off of what Alexis was saying, whenever we're in like stores and, you know, I know at that moment, you know, Brittany is gonna gonna pay or, or we're at the car shop and it's for her car, but these salespeople are looking at me mm-hmm. and talking to me about the car. It's like, no, bro, like I'm not even... I'm, this Let is me not, tell you this story because this shit even, is setting me off right now. Right, <laughs> it's not even my car, so why are you talking to me? I don't, I don't understand that. Ugh. It's like I remember when I was in um, car sales. Like, if it was the woman's car, I'm talking to her, yeah. and then if the guy got something to say, then I'll look at him, and you know, obviously, yeah, he's speaking at that time, so I'm being respectful and looking at the person who's talking, and then I'm looking right back at her, like you know, so. You know, what do you think? Because at the end of the day, she's going to make the decision. Mm-hmm. It's not on him mm-hmm. unless that's how their dynamic is. But yeah. it's for her car. So I'm going to tell her what that car is about. Like, he obviously did not want to get paid. Yeah. And right. I think if you work in customer service hospitality, I think it's important to, like, talk to both people, make eye contact with both of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know you might be used to maybe just like, you know, the man paying. Like whoever looks like they have money. Exactly. But like I challenge you, if you are someone that does that, like to talk to both of them. Yeah. You know, that's just, I think it's, 
I just think it's so disrespectful when you're just like disregarding that other person there. Mm-hmm. You just like, you never know, you know, and even like in things like how people look like and that's how you treat them. Like that's so fucked up. Like you should treat someone who is in like customer service, like just as well as you would treat anyone that you think has power, you know, like, like you don't know who you're helping. You yeah. Know? But like, what does it even yeah, mean? What does, it matter? what does it even mean when someone's like, they don't look like they have money? Yeah. What does that mean? Like. Right. You know? That's such bullshit. I mean, working in retail for quite some quite some years, I would hear salespeople talk about that. Like, oh, no, I'm not helping that person out. And then, you know, I would go help them out because I wasn't... Personally, I didn't want to discriminate based off of that because you mm-hmm. don't, like... like You don't know. Alexis yeah. was saying, you don't know who has money. You don't know who knows yeah. who or who knows what. Like, they... And, you know, helping out those people, turns out this person makes, like, 100000 a month, mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, that's your loss for not trying to help them out just because you thought that, you know, she didn't make any any yeah. money just because, you know, oh, they're going to go. She's just looking right now. She's just going to wait for her husband yeah. or she's not going to buy today because she's just going to look and see, make the decision, go back home and bring yeah. her husband back. It's like, no. They should times. treat everyone with respect, even if they right. just came in to, like, get a sample. Like, what the hell? Like, that doesn't matter. That's yeah. your job. Like. Treat everyone with respect. That that really stems back to like what we were talking about in the beginning, is we really do like need to treat everyone with respect. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just everyone deserves. Yeah. I think that that chance to be respected and be listened to. Mm-hmm. Like no one's better than anyone else. Like. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But anyways, let's move on to our last question. Final question. For Zaytiana and, and Christiana. Um, so what advice do you have for young men? Uh, I think we brought up a lot of those points already, which is, you know, being open-minded, uh, being respectful, and I guess, you know, this is something I also need to work on still myself, but, you know, looking and developing your own opinions on on these topics, you know? Maybe you agree with what we're saying. Maybe you don't, but at least look it up and and kind of see why or why not what we're talking about is valid. And I guess that goes back to being open-minded. Please search credible resources, not Fox News, people. (laughs) (laughs) Scan complete. (laughs) Podcast deleted. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What about you, Chris? Yeah, just just going based off of what Isaiah said too, like just just really, really being open minded about the situation and like if you're in a group of people and you don't agree with what one of your masculine, manly friends says, then don't be afraid to say something. Like don't be afraid to be different and and stand out and basically believe in what you think is right. And even if you lose friends over that or you get uh, blast it in the comment section or you get any or get any hate back from that then just take it as constructive criticism that you're doing the right thing and you're on the right path to bettering your own life and maybe those people aren't for you maybe you shouldn't be hanging out with them um, you should always try to hang out with people that try to better you that always have positive attitudes uplift that always bring you, yeah. uplift you in life yeah. and just really 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 learn to listen like 
listen to people, learn to understand them, don't judge them just based off of the way they look or the way they dress or if um, if they're a female or male, like just have an open mind when you meet new people. Or whatever gender identity. For sure. Yes. I yeah. mean, that's how, that's exactly how leaders move. Mm-hmm. They, they take everything that Chris just said and, and put it into action. You know, they could be... Um, you know, viewed as wrong with, with their group of people, with, you know, their opinion. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. And, you know, that may mean that those friends now will research that and appreciate what he said. Now, maybe mm-hmm. not at that moment, but they'll, they'll go back and think about what they just did and, mm-hmm. then, and then adjust from that. And that's what, you know, that's how leaders move. I think it comes back to like challenging the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sounds like that's what you two are like really talking about. Yeah. Planting seeds. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think you two being so, you know, open and vulnerable and, you know, sharing your experiences and advice and your perspectives, mm-hmm. I think it's really inspiring for other men to listen to. Like, oh, I feel that way and I think those things, but I've never said it out loud. Mm-hmm. And now I hear two other men doing it. You know, I think it's really, um, it is really inspiring, and I hope more men can be more open and more open-minded and, and want to change. And okay with being vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And emotional. Mm-hmm. Yes, please show your emotions. Like, it's, it's not a big deal to show your emotions. And guys, we tend to hold things, and we don't open up to anybody. Um, and just just be there and be ready to talk about your problems with somebody or open up to somebody maybe just have a casual conversation or if you're if you're feeling down or you need a hug or you need to you need to (laughs) Alexis's favorite thing yeah you need to like go out there and just just you know talk to somebody just go do it like you'll feel a hundred times better if you just get it off your chest and just go and do it like open up to people and don't don't have this big this big persona where you have to keep everything inside and fake it, like everything's perfect in your life. Yeah, those are the people that snap. It's okay. healthy. Not in a good way. Healthy. Yeah, it's healthy. It is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's end this toxic masculinity and and hyper masculine um, bullshit. Yeah, let's just end it. <laughs> yes. But it starts with us. Let's plant those seeds, people. Plant them all. Organic. <laughs> Organic. Sponsored by gluten-free seeds. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and you learned yes. something new. And, you know, maybe challenge someone that you know, maybe another male in your life to listen. Or if you are a male listening, like, what did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just share with us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy what these crusty crustacean boys said? Yeah. <laughs> they were both so nervous. Yeah, they were. And so shy. So I'm really proud of you guys for stepping out of your um, comfort zone to be vulnerable. Good job, guys. Good job. Wow. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, this is the first and last time. Yeah, never I'm just kidding. <laughs> never again. <laughs> thanks for having us, guys. Yes. Or, or girls. <gasps> we're cutting that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, y'all. Bye. Peace. Peace. Peace.